0: to another episode of the get back coach presented by apollo media what a week we said there would be some chaos and there was and man this season is not even over yet not even close jay how you doing man
1: wow uh i mean it's been a hell of a year so far we haven't had like the huge like Number one, number two, number three, number four teams losing yet. But it's been a really fun year for college football. Uh, and I think it's setting up for uh, a pretty interesting playoff, uh, in my opinion. Uh, there's plenty of storylines to talk about. Uh, but, I mean, man, how can you just, I mean, what what a season. How can you not love college football?
0: I know. Like you said, like uh, the top four have pretty much, you know, have, haven't really changed. Everyone else has been jockeying for position, and you know this this race is very much alive. There's a lot of teams here. I mean, you're you're talking about ten teams in the hunt right now. There are ten teams. It's week ten, and ten teams are in the hunt. So this is this is wild.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. And and speaking of week 10, we both had pretty good games that we went to in week 10. Uh obviously, one of ours was a little more uh nationally known. Mine was mine was more of a uh regional rivalry, but still a fun one. Uh but Jake, tell us about your trip.
0: So, crossed one off the bucket list. Um, went to Tuscaloosa. Went with my a uh, bunch of my buddies. You met some of them when you came up for the whiteout and I mean, we had an amazing time. Uh, Friday night went to Dreamland Barbecue. Uh, had some really good barbecue. I tell you what, probably the best sausage links I've had in my entire life. Sausage was absolutely incredible. Um, and you know what? You walk in, it's it's kind of like a hole in the wall place. It, you could just feel it, like the um, it's it has some season on it. It has some history behind it. So absolutely wonderful there. Uh, Saturday or sorry, Friday night. Uh did not go downtown. We decided not to. We went we love our live music, so we went to rhythm and brews and highly recommend if you're in Tuscaloosa. I had an absolutely great time there. And then the game. So I have to say a couple things. First, the good. Let's talk about the good. Um campus is beautiful, the stadium is Beautiful and it's huge. Like I know it's. I think it only. Again, I'm gonna say only, but it holds a hundred thousand. Um. So there are stadiums capacity wise that are bigger, but this place is massive. It looks huge, and that's because, you know, half the stadium has chair back seats. So you know, half your people are gonna be comfortable. It it's a cathedral of college football. It is incredible. It's uh, it's beautiful. Um, the pregame crowd into it, um, one of the louder stadiums I've been in, but Dixieland delight was one of the coolest, um, traditions I've heard in person that involves a crowd. Um, you know, being a Penn state fan, you know, Penn state has some songs they sing, you know zombie na- the, the zombie nation seven nation army uh you know don't stop believing sweet caroline put all of those and put them together and it still doesn't hold a candle to dixie land delight amazing um absolutely incredible um it's the quad uh what look i mean again we didn't tailgate in the quad we did walk by it looked amazing to tailgate Um, but yes, it's, it's one of the best college game day experiences I've ever been to in my entire life. So Alabama, 100%, it, it's a place you have to go to. However, I have, (laughs) I do have a couple nitpicks. Okay. Um, and listen, everybody, I I have nitpicks for, for Penn state too. All right. I've said them constantly. You know, Zombie Nation's overrated, I think. Um, the toilet sinks. Oh, the, the yeah, the <laughs> the bathrooms are terrible. <laughs> Penn State looks, it actually looks smaller than what it actually is because everyone is crunched in there like sardines. It's an architectural nightmare. Um, so, yeah, I, I have some critiques. Uh, the production isn't the best in the stadium. Um, so I, I have my Penn State critiques, too. So here's my Alabama critiques. Okay. Granite. This is one of the best game day atmospheres I've ever been to, and I cannot stress that enough. So if you are an Alabama fan or an SEC football fan listening to this, because I know you SEC football fans are listening, um, it's an awesome game day experience. My nitpicks. It's either the quad or nothing to tailgate. And I know it's because that's how the South does it, because it's very hard to park around these college football stadiums in the South because the, the stadium is the center of campus. Um, but it walking through the quad, it felt kind of corporate to me, where it's a lot of you're gonna pay an agency or you're gonna pay somebody to put up the tail like the tents and give you the chairs and the TV, and then you bring food to it or bring your beard to it or something like that. I wish I would have seen more do it yourself. Tailgates. Um, but I understand that's just not how it's done because it's, it's logistically very difficult because you have to drop off your stuff, go park somewhere, and then at the end of the game, you have to either carry it back to your car or you have to pick up the, the stuff afterwards. So I understand that. However, just letting you know, uh, we did park a mile away from the stadium. They did have shuttles. We ended up walking back. And we were out of the parking lot in about 10 or 15 minutes. So that's really good because I'm used to being in a parking lot for about two hours. <laughs> um, so there's that again, very corporate, like dude, like Penn state, like their sponsors are like Pepsi and like Utz chips, which is a regional chip chain and like some uh, car dealerships that are like local car dealerships. Alabama sponsorships are Bud Light, Mercedes Benz, NASCAR, uh, you name it. There's a there's something there, so it it, it did feel a little corporate to me. Um, and this is this is the one that's going to get people mad. In the beginning of this game, Alabama's on defense. There, it's it got it got pretty loud. But second and third quarter, games tied they're and they're not into it. It felt like this fan base, the crowd, because they were tied with LSU, it's nervousness. It's like we cannot lose these guys. We're better than these guys, we cannot lose. And again, it was a lot it felt like some nervous energy. And then once they took the lead, it got loud again. So, um, again. That's just from my experience. Um, they have those overhangs, Jay. And when a big play happens, it shoots up off of that and just comes right back down. So, like, when big plays happen, it gets super loud because of that. Um, we were underneath a speaker. So, like, some of, like, like they played Mr. Brightside. Like, I couldn't hear the, the stadium sing a little bit because, like, I have a speaker, like, right on my head. But um, again, just a couple nitpicks, but I mean, what a fantastic game day experience. It was absolutely incredible. I wish I had a, I wish I had more time at, at the quad. Um, wish I would have went to Gillette's or, or Gillette's or whatever it's called for a yellow hammer. Did not get to go downtown. It was a zoo when we went there, but I mean, Alabama, it, Brian Denny is a cathedral of college football. It's a, Great atmosphere. I absolutely loved it. I mean, I mean incredible time. It was very impressive. Um loved my time in Alabama.
1: Yeah. Uh I mean I will say that like when when we played there, when I played there in twenty fourteen and we lost fifty nine to zero, I got pretty quiet as well. Uh but I think that's just because they beat us so bad that everybody just kind of got out of the game. Uh <laughs> but no, I mean Bryant Denny is I think sometimes that fan base because they've been so spoiled recently I think mm-hmm. they can get out of games uh at times when they <clears throat> get a little nervous because they're not used to playing from behind right. uh, with that being said I'm 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 glad you get to experience Dixie Delight uh mm-hmm. and and things pick back up from there uh mm-hmm. that is a hell of a moment to witness in person uh I, I agree with just about everything you said about about Brian Denny. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting you back down here to some more venues in the South. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baton Rouge in particular, I think, will be a great experience. Uh, and I, I do want to get you back to Kyle Field on a, on a day that's not a 11 a.m. kick uh, with, a, with a team that's struggling. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we can get that uh, to happen one year. But uh, I'm, I'm glad you had a great time. And it was a fun game, too.
0: It was. It was really fun. And um, I would have loved to see Jaden Daniels for that last. Um, that la- If he didn't get hurt, I would have loved to see him in that last um, drive because I think they would have scored. It would have been up to an onside kick. Um, but since we're already talking about that game, Alabama, big, big win for them. They are still very much in the playoff hunt. LSU's dreams, um, they were a long shot to begin with, but now they're definitely, um, their playoff hopes are dead. Um, I have one more thing to say about Alabama's crowd, Jay. And you mentioned this talking about the whiteout. I heard a lot of get ems. I heard a lot of get em. Yep. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, again, I kind of laugh, but I was just like, you know, get him, get him. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> I'm like, Ugh. Um, but no, a- Alabama, everyone treated us very well. Um, I-, I don't think I saw any, negative interaction between the fan bases at all. Everyone was pretty, again, man, it's, it's college football. It's one big party, you know, that's what people care about. But you also were at a game this weekend and tell us about that.
1: I was, uh, it's honestly developed into a, a pretty good regional rivalry. These two teams have played each other for the conference USA championship the last two years. And now they've moved over to the American, UTSA and UNT, uh, so that's U, UT San Antonio and uh, University of North Texas. Uh, I went to the game in Denton, had a fantastic time, uh, got up to the club seats for a little bit. Uh, that was kind of fun. I got I was watching the end of the Texas A&M Ole Miss game <laughs> in the club on a TV up there. Uh, heartbreaking, but at least I had the buffet in the club to, to comfort me. Uh, I love UNT Stadium with like the tail feathers. Uh, I think that's such a cool thing. I wish like it's not it wasn't packed uh, which isn't surprising because it's it's a group of five team that's below five hundred at the moment. Uh, you know, it can be tough to kind of get people in there. Uh, but I mean the the home side was completely full, which was good. Uh, and really the the visitor side had a lot as well. It was just that one end zone with the tail feathers that that didn't have a ton sitting up there. but it's funny because you watch people go all the way to the tip top of those feathers. So there's nobody sitting mm-hmm. in all the tails. And then at the very tops, <laughs> there were like kids just sat there. And it was, it was funny to watch them kind of like look down on the field. But uh, pretty good game, uh, you know, competitive in the first half. But then uh, UNT was driving and they have a turnover that, that turns into UTSA scoring. Uh, and they get a, they get a two possession lead at that point. And it felt like UNT just couldn't catch up uh, they're at the end of the game uh north texas scores and they have a chance uh but they just weren't able to stop utsa utsa runs up the clock and uh sadly my over missed as well uh it was a fun game though uh you know it's i wish i could convince more people to head to these games just because it's like it's a it's such a fun environment uh the tailgate scene was actually pretty good utsa came out uh they traveled well, which isn't surprising. Uh, I mean, the UTSA alumni tailgate is, is packed. They do a great job of putting that on, by the way. Uh, I've gone to the UTSA tailgate, uh, the UTSA alumni tailgate at U of H and now UNT. And for both times, they, uh, they really put on a show for or put on a, a good tailgate for their alumni on the road. Uh, and then, I mean, UNT kind of has like they have like a live band playing uh, covers, which was really cool uh and then like this central area and i think they kicked it off with 3 a.m it's by matchbox 20 that was the kickoff <laughs> that was the the first song they played and i loved it uh so yeah it was it was a fun time uh i would definitely go back to unt friday like denton's kind of like an underrated college town honestly uh i went to lsa burger in downtown denton friday night before they play so it's uh they play nothing but Music from Texas artists. So mm-hmm. it was like Stevie Ray Vaughn, but then also like Beyonce, because she's from Houston. Oh, cool. Uh you had some uh Selena in there. Uh oh, Gomez and you know, Selena Quintana Perez, the uh yes, icon that's, of, of Tejano music. That's who
0: I originally thought. I thought yeah. you meant uh uh Selena uh, from the nineties, Selena.
1: Yes. A lot that's of okay. a lot of her playing. Uh I'm trying to think what else I heard. Uh I didn't know Butthole Surfers were from from Texas, but Did they, they play are. Pepper? They played Pepper.
0: Oh, that's awesome!
1: Oh, I love uh, they, that. they played uh, the Toadies uh, yeah, Possum, Possum Kingdom, Kingdom
0: Possum Kingdom, yeah.
1: Which is after you know named after a Texas lake, so that was cool. Just like because you know I think people think of Texas as just like a country music town uh, or a, a country music state, but there's a lot. Jonas Brothers, they're from Texas. A little fun fact for you. Did not know. That uh, uh, so yeah, I mean. It was a wide variety of music, had a lot of fun, uh, eating a burger, drinking a few beers. Uh, and then honestly, one, two, three, four, m- too many beers. Uh, <laughs> so I was a little bit hung more than a, more than Saturday. a couple,
0: two tree. Yeah. More, more than, than a, a couple, couple, two,
1: two tree. tree. But, uh, honestly it worked out cause I didn't really drink on Saturday or really didn't drink at all. Yeah. I think I, I think I had water only on Saturday Uh and then drove back to my folks house in Rockwall. Uh so that made that kind of work out easy uh but yeah it was it was a fun game and i think uh you know with with eric morris there at unt i think once they uh you know get a little bit more momentum going their way i think that could be another fun place to watch games at again
0: yeah i mean it seems like north texas is going in the right direction um and there were a couple of years where they had a pretty pretty uh pretty good offense so i i hope they get back to that um I mean, dude, you're you're in Texas. You have an abundance of college football all around yeah. you. Granted, Texas well, is the, a giant state, but still.
1: Yeah. And the, the flip side of that is like UTSA had a little bit of a tough start to this year. You know, they have those three losses. They're undefeated in conference. And uh, things are going to get interesting at the end of the season here because you have Tulane, SMU, and UTSA all undefeated in conference. UTSA and SMU don't play each other. Uh, SMU doesn't play Tulane either. But the last game of the year is uh, UTSA at Tulane. Uh, so, if both of those teams are undefeated going into that game, it's uh, it could determine the uh, the championship in in the American there.
0: Yeah, and you know what? That's the thing. Like UTSA is still being competitive, and they're still they they are still winning games. Okay, even without Frank Harris, and I think that really hurt them in the beginning of the year um well and frank he, harris is back he, now is, yeah. i was just gonna say frank harris is back right yeah yeah so and that's and i think that's kind of attributed to their like some of their early losses it's because you know frank harris getting really banged up but he's back and that's gonna be that's huge it's it's gonna be and a fun uh he was back season. and he was moving better than he was earlier in the year which i think great. was a a key thing that is huge news for the road runners um Let's get into some recap, Jay. Let's get into some recap. Um, Texas, 33, Kansas State, 30. Overtime. This one looked like Texas was going to run away with it, but (coughs) the Wildcats fight their way back, miss a field goal, crucial field goal, um, ended up going for it in overtime and then losing. Um, Did you like the move to go for it?
1: Yeah, uh, mostly because they had had struggles with the field goal team and the extra point team, uh, and it was kind of a deal where I think you kind of feel pressure for it. Plus, it's on the road, right? Uh, on I think we talk about this all the time. On the road, go for the win.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And listen, Texas, still in good position, even with that Oklahoma loss, is still in a good position for the Big 12 and a playoff spot, Um you know, in Kansas State, tough, tough loss for them. But listen, they're, they're in a little bit of a rebuild um, and, and they're still a, they're They're a tough team. They're a very, very tough out in college football this year.
1: Yeah. And you look at the Big 12 standings right now. Uh, you have Texas at five and one atop the standings a team. We're going to talk about here uh, shortly at five and one in Oklahoma State. Uh, then you have. Five teams at four and two right there. So uh th- this close to the season in the big 12, I have a feeling it's gonna get a little bit uh, a little bit interesting uh, because there are a lot of teams that still have a chance to, to make their way uh, to the big 12 championship game.
0: Yep, no, it is. And you know this next thing we're gonna talk about had huge implications for that. The final bedlam, Jay, and for all of my, my crew listeners, okay, all the, all the people I go on the trips with who I was just at Alabama with. Um listen, Alabama was amazing. I said how great it was and it was great for my my friend group to go do that. However, my pick was the final bedlam. Could have rushed the field. Could have seen Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma and have the last laugh. And Jay, we talked about this. Oklahoma has dominated this rivalry. What if Oklahoma State gets the last laugh like they did? Um almost poetic. It's almost put a little bit of controversial call or no call. I should say there's
1: there's a few, <laughs> a few in this game, few. depending on who you ask.
0: Yeah. But uh, the pokes 20 27, 24, um, the I think the under hit, I think, it, I think the under was like 54 or something yeah. like that. No, the it under was,
1: did hit. It was 62.
0: It was 62. Look at that. So yeah. um, good. You know, usually you see Bedlam, whatever the over, take it. Whatever the over is, take it. Um, uh, not this one. This was a you know, this was a good football game, you know. There, there was some defense, some like it, it was very balanced, um, which is definitely different. But Oklahoma State, the Pokes. Jay, I had this team dead in the water the first couple weeks. I thought Gundy they was They lost
1: 33 to 7 to Alabama or South yeah. Alabama.
0: South Alabama, not Alabama yeah, like, South Alabama. South Alabama. Um, I thought the Pokes were dead. I thought they were dead. Yeah. I thought Mike Gundy was gonna be fired. I thought it was gonna be an end of an era. Um, but they've figured it out. Mike Gundy's going to save his job, and you know, granted he's been there a while, uh, but disagree with him on a, on a lot of different things. But <laughs> you know, Gundy's been there. Gundy's been there for a while, so it, you know, maybe trust the guy. He's yeah, you know, he he's got he he's a constant. He is. They are who they are, and. They get a huge win against Oklahoma that they're going to be talking about for ever. They're going to talk about that game forever. Uh, but yeah. the final bedlam, the Pokes, the Pokes get it from the Sooners.
1: Yeah, and and we call it the final bedlam, and it is for the foreseeable future. It, hopefully, these two schools do the right thing, and mostly, I'm looking at OU, and and you meet, uh, you you find a way to make bedlam work on the gridiron, uh. <sighs> It's easier said than done. I, I know there's going to be have to be some shakeups there in the schedule and whatnot, but I just... We talk about it all the time, regionality in college football. It's what we love. Uh, in this Texas and OU moved to the SEC, we're getting one rivalry back in Texas and Texas A&M, uh, but we're losing one in Oklahoma and Oklahoma State that has been a fixture. Uh, I have been to a Bedlam. Uh, now, it was in Norman, and I had a blast. I, I got to go to... <sighs> The birthplace of Bedlam, which was a wrestling duel wrestling uh, on the Friday night beforehand. Uh, but the gridiron, I mean, it's just it's a fun rivalry. Uh, it, it's one of the games that I just grew up watching, so I hate to see it go away. And and hopefully they can find a way to make it work where these two teams keep playing each other. Uh, and And we're calling it the final Bedlam for now, but hopefully that's not the case forever. I think it is, yeah.
0: I think it's going to be. I, I think I it is too. I don't think Oklahoma, because they're going to be playing in the SEC, because of the amount of Power Five teams they're going to play. I do not believe that they're going to be wanting to play Oklahoma State because we talk about this a lot. Um, even though I think Oklahoma State is better than better than Pitt as a program, and a Marshall for West Virginia, you know Pitt with Penn State. I don't think Oklahoma has a whole lot to gain playing them. I, I, Oklahoma only has something to lose playing Oklahoma State. Yeah, they only have something to lose, and I think that's and, and it is sad. It, it as a college football fan, it is sad, but I think that's how Oklahoma is going to look at it. And I can't, even though I hate it, I, I can't blame them entirely. <sighs>
1: I'm still going to blame them, but that's okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, now Oklahoma State uh, is kind of in the driver's seat for making the uh, the Big 12 championship. Uh, you look at what they have left on their schedule in the Big 12. Uh, three winnable games. They have at UCF, at Houston versus BYU. They should win all three of those games. Yeah. So, uh, again, could be an interesting wrap up to the season. Their chief opponent, right, is Texas. Texas has at TCU, at Iowa State, uh, and then home against Texas Tech. Uh, so it looks like Texas and Oklahoma State are going to be meeting in the Big 12 championship. But uh, do not count your chickens before they hatch, right? Because stranger things have happened, especially in the Big 12. The, the,
0: it's the fun conference, man. Yeah. It is the fun conference. <laughs> it's going to keep being the fun conference next if, year, If too. I
1: was Texas, I would be terrified of that late-season game in Ames. Going yeah. up there, uh, late November. You don't know what the weather's going to be like. Things can get a little bit spicy up there.
0: We say it every week: Washington State and Oregon State, like or like Big Twelve, pick those two programs up and just go all in on the fun because it is going to be it is going to be the fun conference from here on out. Um, Jay, at least I pushed on this next one. I did get a push. Yeah. Um, Ole Miss beats A&M 38-35. Ole Miss looked like they were going to run away with this one. This one was eerily similar to Texas-Kansas State. Ole Miss looked like they were going to run away. A&M takes the lead with two minutes to go and then just cannot, cannot get the stop. They cannot get yeah. the stop they need. Ole Miss wins. Um. Jay, do you buy, is Ole Miss the 10th best team in college football? Like, do, do you believe in their stock? I think so.
1: Uh, I mean, the thing is, though, like, we're going to get a big test here in this coming week. Uh, so I think we find out for sure. But you look at it, I mean, they beat LSU. Uh, their one loss is to Alabama, and that has aged pretty well, in my opinion. Uh, they have a win over Tulane at Tulane. Uh, so it's not like they don't have, uh, any good wins at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Tulane and LSU, I feel like are two pretty good wins. Uh, obviously the A&M game was close, but A&M has been in one possession games with, uh, all, all of their sec losses this year, Alabama and Tennessee, who are both pretty good teams as well. So I don't know. I mean, the Ole Miss offense is still very good. Still a lot of questions on defense. Uh, I think we're going to get some more answers against Georgia, uh, and this could shake things up quite a bit. Can you imagine if Ole Miss knocks off Georgia in in uh, in Athens? How much that'll shake things up?
0: It shake things up a lot, and I wouldn't be particularly happy about it. But no, because yes, it would, would be bad have, for Penn State. <laughs> it would be very bad for Penn State if Ole Miss somehow does that. Um, is this? It's the end of Jimbo, right?
1: I think the LSU game will tell us for sure. Uh, But if you like, he has to win out, right? Uh, This is nine straight road losses, not just SEC road losses, nine straight road losses. Hasn't won a road game since Missouri in 2021. Uh, That's now. Yeah, that's uh, it's not good. Uh, And like in a vacuum, you know, three losses on the road to ranked teams or, or three losses to ranked teams in the sec. Uh, obviously Alabama was a, was a home loss, uh, but those three losses on their own aren't bad uh, in a vacuum. But when you look at like the issues, like the offense has been dysfunctional. You, you haven't been able to put together a complete game uh, issues coming out of the half. Uh, I think he has to win out to keep his job. And I think A&M's more likely to lose to Mississippi State and go 6 and 6 than they are to win on the road at LSU and go 8 and 4. Uh like if I was betting, I think they'll go I think they'll probably beat Mississippi State and go 7 and 5. But if I was betting, I would bet on losing to Mississippi State before I would bet on winning at LSU in Death Valley on the road against a team that's going to want revenge for the loss that A&M handed them last year to take them out of playoff contention. So I, I think it's probably the end for Jimbo. I don't think seven <sighs> and five
0: gets it done. No, I don't think so either. And uh, and here's the thing: um, I don't think it's going to. I don't think firing Jimbo is going to be devastating for that program. Like you see a lot of coaches where they they get fired and there's like mass exodus and it's it's really bad like starting from scratch and it's a full on rebuild. I think AM is good enough. And I think they'll be able to keep people in program to build, to actually say, Hey, we're going to get somebody new and we're going to, um, either stay stagnant for a year or two and then, or immediately possibly make a jump because I think Texas A&M recruiting wise and stability wise is in a good place. Um, yeah and i think a new coach can do them some good
1: i i worry a little bit about recruiting and about losing guys in the transfer portal uh i also worry about like who the guy's going to be coming in uh i don't know i mean a I think the boosters in particular have a tendency to want to make a big splash higher uh i don't know who that would be in this case uh funnily enough i think a name that might get kicked around that a lot of people wouldn't think of is uh the guy they just lost to has uh, been kind of open about uh, not having necessarily all of the monetary resources at Ole Miss uh, as certain other schools in the conference. Uh, I think at AM and uh, he would have those resources. And I think that's one of the reasons that you think that AM may be better off in some programs is because they're going to keep spending an IL money. They're going to keep trying to keep these guys in the program. And there's enough of a football culture where, The fans still support even when the team is down, uh, which helps in a way. Uh, But, man, I I just – I don't know where you go from here as far as what coach you'd go after. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. And I hope whatever direction they go, they can keep some of the key pieces on this defense who are still very talented and, and some of the key pieces on this offense who, while they haven't lived up to
0: expectations, are still very talented as well together. Like, here's the thing. I, I don't know if Lane's the answer. Like, and I, I know you just mentioned that just as a, hey, like this is a guy to keep an eye on. like. But I don't know if he's, he has been doing well at Ole Miss because he's keeping yeah. Ole Miss in the fray. I I, I was thinking a, you know, La- Lance Leipold, Jed Fish, um, you know, someone like that.
1: So um, my, my thought process here is I think AM will want to go with somebody a little bit younger and a little more likable. Uh, obviously, Jimbo isn't necessarily known for being the most likable. There's some things with the uh, Texas High School Coaches Association that may not be, you know, particularly on the level. Uh, a name I've seen tossed around, obviously, Jeff Trailer at UTSA with his Texas high school coaching connections mm-hmm. uh, is somebody that a lot of AM fans are interested in. Mike Elko, right, was defensive coordinator right. at AM. Uh, he's a name that I think a lot of people are interested in. Uh, I kicked it around on the show. I think last week where I brought up E Rob, uh, Elijah Robinson, you know, if, yeah. if A&M is worried about the buyout money and, and want somebody that, you know, maybe a little bit unproven, but a little bit cheaper, you get E Rob, pair him with, you know, a certain offensive coordinator that just got demoted and maybe looking to get out of the situation that he's in. I'm saying that could be a pretty good matchup there. Uh, if you don't know who I'm referencing, we'll get into that later in the show. Uh, but I think, you know, you take Elijah Robinson, get him some good coordinators like Sean Lewis and, and, uh, uh, you know, defensively, I don't know who you would go with. Uh, but the other part of this too, is I, I do think A&M's tendency, to want to make a splash higher could come back to bite them. Cause mm-hmm. I think they could end up like chasing somebody like a Dan landing or mm-hmm. a, a calendar DeBoer out of, out of Washington, like big names like that. They could just end up throwing a whole bunch of more money, right? Like just because they want to make that splash. And I just don't know if that's the the best choice in this case.
0: No, exactly. I, I don't Honestly, know what you... I
1: worry about most here is that you try to go after one of those big fish and you pursue them and you pursue them and you pursue them and they turn you down and then you have to settle. I think you try to find out who you want pretty early on so that right. you're not sitting there for two weeks without a head coach.
0: You're not looking for the best guy. You're looking for the right one. Yeah. Okay. And
1: the pieces are there at AM to win right away. Yeah. No, I it is. They've shown that by, by keeping it within one score uh, against Alabama and against Tennessee and against Ole Miss this year
0: yep no I, I totally agree um I, I hope am gets gets back into it um ah, man I was real I really thought
1: especially that way. especially with uh the teams that are coming to town in 2024
0: I'll put yeah, it that way exactly um I, hey for once Jay this next one I had this next one right I had this one pegged from the start Clemson beats Notre Dame manhandles them in the in the the second half. Uh Clemson 31, Notre Dame 23. Uh Clemson's defense is showing why they are. Um, they're, they're, they're still a team to contend with. Yes, they are five and four right now. Yes, not a good year, but they showed up and they beat a a, a good Notre Dame team. They really did. Um, so uh the the Monkeys off Dabo's back for the time being. Um but We'll see how he finishes the season. But Clemson, big win against Notre Dame.
1: Yeah, I mean, they get Georgia Tech, North Carolina, and South Carolina to close the season. Those are all winnable games, in my opinion. Uh, But yeah, I mean, you're right. I was wrong. I got to eat a little bit of crow on this one for (laughs) sure. I thought thought Clemson was just completely dead. Uh, There's still a lot of concerns with their offense. But man, did they run the ball well against Notre Dame. Uh, And that was kind of surprising
0: to me. Yeah, and you know, listen, like Notre Dame early in this game looked like uh, this is going to be a back and forth, and then at the end, both defenses kind of stepped up, but you know, a, a- or Clemson's, um, you know, j- just they they were able to hold on. Um, actually, uh, Jr. our our buddy Siegelberg was at that one, so I have huh. to I have to talk to him this weekend. We got to see what his thoughts on uh, Clemson were because when I was at Clemson, they killed wake forest by 30. So I didn't get like the best, you know, game day atmosphere, but uh, I do love that, that, that death Valley. That is a, that's a cool place, but Clemson big one for them.
1: Yeah. Uh, sticking in the ACC, uh, we're not going to talk too much about the game cause it wasn't close, but is Liverpool a playoff contender?
0: No, no, they're not. Um, <laughs> They're good. Hats off to Jeff Brom. Good. This is this is a good football team. Okay? I don't think they're on that level. Okay? I don't think they're a top 10 team. I do think 15. 15 to 20, I think, is where, um, is where they should be. Um, I thought they caught Notre Dame at exactly the right time. Um, that, that helped benefit them. Same thing with Duke, but um, I no, I do not think Louisville is a uh, playoff contender. However, I do think they are a very good. They're, they're a very good team. They play complimentary football, and I think they're, I would say, between fifteen or twenty to fifteen to twenty best teams in the country.
1: Yeah. That Kentucky game could be sneaky
0: good at the end of the year.
1: Uh, yes, could be a fun one to watch.
0: Uh, uh, let's take a look at their schedule. Actually, Louisville. Virginia, Miami, Kentucky. I mean,
1: they, they should could... be in in the ACC championship. They should be, but we'll
0: see. Well, they're yeah, they're they all... they would have to
1: lose. They would have to lose both uh, both games. I think Virginia and Miami. Yeah, hmm. no, Cause wow. they have they have wins over everybody else that's left below them uh, with with two losses.
0: Jeff Braum, man, maybe he made the right decision. He he made the right decision going back to home, going back home and leaving uh, the Boilermakers.
1: Here you go. Well, uh, you talked them. about yeah, yeah. You talked
0: about him, uh,
1: Jed Fish, and and I said, hey, I think Arizona's going to get a third ranked win in a row. Lo and behold, mm-hmm. they. Uh, I mean, hats off to Jed Fish and what he's done at that program because uh Arizona is a good good football team they should be ranked in my opinion.
0: Yes. I I like I I really like Arizona. Um again, Jetfish's name is going to be popping up for all these jobs and rightfully so. Dude, this team in the Big 12 is going to be fun. I mean, they're already fun. This Pac-12 after dark is amazing. And again, good thing about uh central time. Well, I guess it doesn't matter when, but um, got back to the um, got back to the Airbnb after the Alabama game. Got got to watch the end of this one. And Arizona, looked like hey, they were controlling this entire game. Um, you know, um, you know, we're gonna say like, hey, Arizona's really good. This is a good team. I think Arizona should be ranked. Um, I do want everyone else to pump the brakes on Chip Kelly possibly having a a warm seat right now Uh, have you been hearing this chip kelly warm seat at ucla uh
1: i haven't but i I just think ucla is a program i think uh there's just not a ton of monetary support compared to what you would expect out of ucla so i don't think they're gonna like buy him out by any means uh and it's not like ucla has had a bad year Uh, they still have a lot on the table. I mean, they could still get to 10 wins theoretically, right? Nine in a bowl game if they went out.
0: Yeah. I mean, exactly. Like, I don't know. I just UCLA. I really like, I shouldn't say that. I think Chip Kelly has UCLA right where UCLA should be. Okay. Team that's ranked or a team that's close to being ranked. And if he can keep winning eight, nine games a year, That is what UCLA football is and should strive to be. I I don't think UCLA And I, again, everyone wants to be one step closer to where they are now, but you know, eight and nine wins. That's, that's good for UCLA, UCLA football. So I I really hope they, they don't run, run them out of town again. I'm not a huge chip Kelly person, but I mean, the guy can coach football and he's made for college football. So, um, I pumped the brakes on giving his seat warm, but hats off to Arizona. This is a good, this is a good team.
1: Very good team. Uh, and I mean, I, I like it for Jed fish as well. I think he's been kind of an undervalued coach and, and they are set up well going into the big 12, uh, staying kind of out West. Well, one of the teams at at least, uh, air force undefeated streak comes to an end against army. This was kind of wild. Didn't see this one coming. And, uh,
0: I don't know how no, it it's
1: happened. kind of a kind of a good win for army heading to the American next year for football.
0: This is where the transitive property makes zero sense. And this is why you'd never go yeah. to transitive property college football. Okay. Army just lost to UMass who struggled with Merrimack out of the FCS. And then army comes back and beats air force. Um, by the way, UMass, not a lot of wins, and they be Army and um, New Mexico State, who we're going to mention later on in the show for our bowlers. But listen, I, I did not watch this game. I-, I kind of can figure how this game went. Um, lots of triple option. And it from what statistics? Well, tone- but
1: Ar- Army is running the... Uh- Army switched to offenses, so they're not running the triple option anymore.
0: Isn't it still like, it is it totally different, though?
1: I, I don't know exactly what it is. I mean, I, I watched the game against UTSA, and it was definitely not triple option, but I think it's kind of like, uh, it's not too dissimilar from what uh, Chadwell runs or ran at at, at uh, Coastal Carolina and yeah, then at, uh, now, now that he's at Liberty. Where so it's kind of like it's got some option concepts, but it, it's more of a spread offense. Okay.
0: Again, I don't think I've watched. Obviously, with that last comment that I just made, um, I don't think I've watched. I don't think I've watched an Army game all year, to be honest with you. But I will have to actually check that one out. This is one that, again, in in Alabama, this is one I missed. Um, but that that it shocked me seeing this score. Like I didn't think it was right but especially how well air force has been playing. So, I mean, hats off to the Black Knights, but uh bad for our air force. They were really leading the charge for best group of 5 team.
1: Uh yeah, and I think I think now it's it's pretty I mean, there's still some some teams in the Mountain West, right? Like Fresno State, I think is is a team that you can look at as having a strong chance to be the top group of five team. Uh, yeah. And then obviously Tulane uh, in the American. Uh, both, both of those programs, uh, I think, have, have cases for a uh, top group of five. Uh, honestly, SMU, even though they have two losses, those two losses are to Oklahoma and TCU, not terrible. Uh, so there, there's, there's some... <sighs> It's not as clear as it once was when Air Force was undefeated
0: and it looks like they were dominating everybody. Right. Um, all right, Jay, I have a question for you. I'm not sure how you're going to answer this. If there is no clear-cut group of five team that has separated themselves and say they all have two losses, do they deserve to go to a New Year's Six Bowl?
1: Well, he- here's the issue now. Uh, Liberty well, it, has be over,
0: but but
1: Liberty has no losses. They're undefeated. So
0: no, then, then the answer is no.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: No, wait, wait. Who, has, who have they played?
1: I mean, really they should let James Madison in, in the bowl game, but
0: <laughs> who has Liberty?
1: Liberty Liberty's, hasn't
0: played anybody. They ain't play nobody. Um. God,
1: if, if only James Madison. Uh Liberty's best win, I guess. I mean their non-conference schedule was was Bowling Green, Buffalo, and UMass. Is who they have
0: at the end of the year.
1: This is this is a very very gross non-conference schedule. Uh
0: so they didn't have to play so they got away with not having to play a Power 5.
1: Yes. Bowling Green and Buffalo were their two early season non conference games, uh, and then they have a late season one against UMass. This is James disgusting. Madison should be theoretically
0: the best. This is disgusting. This is absolutely yeah. disgusting.
1: Um, and and Tulane I think is still better with one loss than than Liberty. So yes, as long as absolutely. Tulane doesn't
0: lose, abs absolutely uh, you put Tulane in there over Liberty, and who knows maybe. What's FPI think about this one? Nah, it doesn't give him much of a shot. I was hoping hoping my boy Ricky Ronnie down an old old Dominion would uh would maybe have a chance to knock him off. But
1: Does Liberty have Old Dominion?
0: Yes, next week.
1: Oh. I mean that's technically f- a non conference game too. They're four and yeah.
0: five. Old Dominion's four and five.
1: Yeah, but they're they're kind of a sneaky good four and five. Uh yeah.
0: They're making it interesting down there. Yeah. Mr. Ronnie.
1: They they beat App State.
0: They did. They did beat App State. That was that was wild. Um happy for them, but someone's got to beat please somebody. Somebody beat Liberty. <laughs> I don't know if there's any Liberty fans listening, but or people who like Liberty, but They haven't let us know yet. So Jay and I are not Jay and I are not fans of the the, Uh, of Liberty University, and has nothing to do with the players that go there. By the way, has nothing to do with the players that go there. But the the fun. Never mind. I'm not getting. Well,
1: let's get let's get back to football. Uh, Let's get back to football. Arkansas with an (laughs) overtime win, 39 36 I didn't see this one coming.
0: Um, it didn't surprise me that much. Um. It didn't surprise me that much. Um this one for me could have went either either way. Yeah. Um All right, so Billy Napier. Also, is this one of those Loser Leaves lose uh, Loser Leaves town game with Sam Pittman and Billy Napier? I think Sam Pittman has a little bit more um a little bit more slack. I think the guy who needed to win this game lost.
1: The, the problem for, for Billy Napier, I, I mean, I think he'll get a little bit of leeway just because it's only year two, uh, but the problem is he closes the season. You ready for this next three games? Uh, at LSU, at Mizzou versus Florida State at home.
0: <laughs> Not helping.
1: That is a tough three games to go through, uh, and you have to win one of those to get to bowl eligibility.
0: Yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, I there's just no
1: identity for this Florida team and that's the problem. Uh it, it's yeah, I don't know what this team wants to be because some sometimes they they play physical, sometimes they give up 40 points. And it, it's
0: Exactly. Like there's no and I feel like there's no rhyme or reason like who's going to show up today? I don't know. Yeah. They're 2 face. They are the they are they are Harvey Dent. <laughs> but like less less badass. Um yeah, you never you don't know what what you're getting with them. Um, good for Sam Pittman and the Hogs. Hey, they, they got a they they got a solid win. I do like Sam Pittman. I hope it works out at Arkansas. Don't think it's going to, but I do like the man. I think he's fun. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Um, this one I like. This next one, Mizzou hang or Mizzou gives it gives them a game. Georgia though edges Mizzou thirty to twenty one. This one was close. Uh, they made the 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 Tigers made the dogs sweat this one out a little bit.
1: Yeah, it was a it was a close one there at the end. Uh, you know, Mizzou gets the ball back and then that, that interception was just a, a backbreaker. breaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, right to the big fella. Uh, it's a shame that that uh, that return didn't count. But uh, no, nah, I mean, look, Georgia found a way to win. Uh, and I think Parson Beck looks pretty good for the most part. Uh Mizzou ran the ball really well uh, with Schrader. They were using that stretch play quite a bit and having success with it. Uh, I think that kind of maybe gives some teams with a little bit more, uh, maybe a little more weapons, kind of a blueprint for what they need to do against Georgia. But it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how Georgia closes the the year out. With that being said, I mean, they have already clinched a berth in Atlanta, I believe. Yeah. with well no i guess tennessee could theoretically still get them with a head-to-head matchup mm-hmm. uh but uh georgia only has two sec games remaining versus ten uh versal miss at tennessee uh if they win one of those games they're going to atlanta
0: and they're going yeah. to atlanta
1: anyway because they have to play georgia tech so <laughs> <laughs> that. they
0: might as well stay um yeah, and you know, you look at Mizzou. The rest of their schedule, uh, they have Tennessee coming up this week, which we'll talk about. That's that that should be going to game day, but we'll talk about that later. And then uh, Mizzou is Mizzou's better than Florida. Mizzou should beat, Mizz, Mizz, sorry, Missouri should beat Florida and Arkansas. Um, I mean, so you look at Mizzou, you know, we're talking about ten and two, ten and two Mizzou.
1: If they beat Tennessee very real if
0: they beat Tennessee 10 and 2 Mizzou or 9 and 3 I said 8 and 4 so uh
1: yeah. I,
0: again I, I'll sometimes this is another I one am, I'm eating crow on <laughs> sometimes yeah it was Pablo too right Pablo told me no way oh yeah they're like no way um but no I listen I, I'm wrong a lot so it, it's it's nice to it's it's nice to have a couple wins here um but no Mizzou good uh I don't listen. I don't know how this team's going to be next year. Um, I haven't really looked at their returning production or anything, but uh, Eli Drinkwitz definitely he he had a he had a bit of a hot seat coming in this year. Uh, again, I'm not a fan of his antics, but he um he he definitely righted the ship and he has people in Columbia, Missouri uh, excited about college football again. So that's uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, last uh, actual game we're going to be talking about uh, Washington. Over USC uh, 50, 52, 42. This is one I was wrong on. Uh, I thought USC was going to pull this one off. But yeah. man, they're, they just cannot get a stop. Um, and Washington keeps uh, being the front runner for the Pac-12. And Alex Grinch is fired. Yeah. So. Uh,
1: no surprise there.
0: No. No surprise there. The, it, it the USC
1: defensive numbers were horrible. It's terrible. Uh, I mean, it was like. 120s or worse across the board so uh you kind of had to move on there my michael pinks for heisman campaign is still going strong Uh, i still think he looks like one of the best players in the country and has a very good chance at uh at lifting one of the most prestigious trophies in college football uh man washington just keeps on rolling uh i just think that in spite of the head-to-head win Oregon
0: looks like the better team right now. You know what? I've been hearing a lot of that. I've been hearing a lot that, Hey, Oregon looks like a more complete team. Washington's starting to show leaks in their defense. Um, I really love, I I love Michael Penix, man. I really do. I I really love him. I hope he's a Heisman. Um, I do. I love Marvin Harrison Jr. as well, even though he plays for the Buckeyes. I mean, it, the guy's like amazing, outstanding, but uh, it is a quarterback award. And I do think, you know, Michael Penix is going to get that benefit from it. But, you know, uh, listen, the, the, this Washington football team, man, this was a team in 2020 that was bad. The Jimmy, like this, like the Jimmy Lake experience. It uh, was like a nightmare. Really, <laughs> I know it really screwed them, and now you got DeBoer, and man, things are looking great for Washington. They're going to be in the Big Ten next year. Um, we'll see how they do there. Um, so, it's um, you know good for the Huskies. USC struggling. I don't believe USC's out right. They're they're not ranked anymore.
1: Yeah, USC has been bounced from the ranks of the uh, top
0: twenty-five. Yeah. They had some. Um, they had some benefit there to stay in 20 after last week. Um, so I hate to do this, and I don't want to spend too much time on it, but Caleb Williams has been in the news for his, you know, after the game, uh looked like it was his mom. Uh, mom put like a sign over his head so like they, they can't hear the conversation or, hear, or see him cry. And here's the deal. I have no problem with Caleb Williams being emotional after a loss. You know, we we've all been there. Uh, It was a moment with the family, you know, lost emotion. I don't think he should be taking any heat for that. However, the reason why he is getting that heat is because of some of his antics. And if you're going to, if you're going to talk like, again, I think it's, if you're going to paint your nails, F whoever, and even though I don't believe it was fully at Max Duggan, you know, um, it was more for the hypocrisy of media and things he was trying to say. You still used Max Duggan crying as like a LOL, like the whole LL thing. And that kind that, that comes back to bite him because now every time he's emotional, it's going to be that same thing. So like, I don't know. I, I don't hate Caleb Williams. Also, the other thing is, I'm seeing a lot of USC people online, and I know Twitter is a cesspool of terrible. But if you're if you're if you like USC and you're blaming blaming Caleb Williams, like do you, you're not even watching these football games? That man has been putting this team on his back, and the defense has been failing him. Absolutely failing them. USC had a shot at winning the Pac-12 but their defense killed them because that offense yep. is good. The offense is good. The defense is historically bad. And I, I know what everyone jokes about. Like they want the Alex Grinch defense or sorry, the Alex Grinch defense with the Brian Ferenz offense and just make, I don't know. And then who would be the head coach? <laughs> uh, uh,
1: uh, I, I think, I think he would bring uh, John L Smith out of retirement to coach that team. There
0: we go. There we go. Promote Bobby Petrino to head coach to make him. Uh, But no, it's I don't know. It's it would be
1: it would be Jaguars, Urban Meyer.
0: Yes. There you go. Jaguars, Urban Meyer. I don't know who was just like a like a total buffoonery hire.
1: Oh, no, no, no. You know who it would be? Wait, wait. You know what? Todd Graham.
0: Yes. There it is. Yes. (laughs) I was going to say Trent Dilfer, but no, Todd Graham. Yes. That's a tweet. That is a tweet that's coming out on. Actually, you know what? I'm sending that right now off the account. <laughs> yes.
1: Todd Graham, head who, coach. Brian Paris, offense. No. Who Alex says, Grinch, defense. Who says who no? Who says
0: no? Yes. That's it right there. Um, oh. A couple other storylines. Uh, Walter snubs Harbaugh. Uh, listen, uh, I like him, but. You, you you talked all week about signals. You got to give Jimmy Harbaugh a, a, a little bit more than that. However, however, maybe he really did think they were trying, like they were stealing stuff from him and they very well could be, but I think you had to be more than, than the walk by, but I don't know. Maybe they, maybe Purdue, maybe he wants Purdue to have a little bit of an edge. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I, it's, it is what it is there. Um and then the last one we said about it before. Sean Lewis demoted from Colorado loses 26-19 yeah. to Oregon State. I think this is the dumbest move Dion has made.
1: Terrible. Uh I think I don't think Sean Lewis is the problem. I mean, your offensive line is struggling. Yes. Uh but Sean Lewis I felt like was doing a pretty good job of of calling plays that tried to minimize uh you know the the issues with the offensive line. Uh and, and the offense was still pretty good for the most part. Uh I I don't understand this one at all. Uh but I mean I think Stephen Godfrey had the point about it preseason is at at Jackson State, Dion never really had to face adversity. Uh mm-hmm. this is now you're getting a three game losing streak. Uh we're gonna find some stuff out. Uh, with, yeah. with how this team closes this season.
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, listen, they might not make a bowl. Like, that's that's where we're heading right now. Yeah,
1: I um, think Washington State is the most winnable game left on their schedule because they have Arizona and Utah. And you have to win two
0: out of three. Yes, yes, you do. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with Colorado. It doesn't look like they're going to make a bowl this year, which, again in the beginning of the year, that's what we got kind of all thought, you know, we thought, eh, they might beat Stanford. They might be, you know, um, they have a shot against uh, maybe Nebraska. Um, you know, they'll be Colorado state, but you know, they, they started off, you know, with that, all that hype and you know, it, it looked good. It was good. And do you believe? And now it's not looking so great. Yeah. Um and again, it's their defense is a problem. The trenches are a problem. Um, offense look good. And that's the thing. I thought Sean Lewis did a good job of putting them in position to make plays, putting them in and keeping them in games. But um, I don't know. I, I, I thought of this Jay. And I, I don't know if this is tinfoil hat theory or not, but did Dion DeMote sh- This is a theory. Again, I I could be completely off. Did Dion demote Sean Lewis because Sean Lewis is looking for other jobs as a head coach?
1: Uh, I mean, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I just just don't see that because you don't have those conversations. Like your agent has those conversations with people for you during the season. You don't actually talk to people uh, is the way that goes for like when you're looking for head coach stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I don't really see that being I mean, it's a possibility, but. I mean, if you're hiring the right people, people are going to reach out to them about head coaching jobs. That's just how it goes. And and Sean Lewis stepped down from a head coaching position to take the offensive coordinator position. Exactly. So I I don't know.
0: Yeah, I I it that that boggles my mind. That move to demote Sean Lewis Maybe trouble in paradise, you know. Again, I don't think it's he's looking for other jobs, and that's why Dion demoted him because they're like, hey, like maybe I don't know, I don't, I do not know. But that perplexed me, and I haven't seen anything in the in press conferences either. Maybe I should check and see if Dion has spoken on it because I'm sure he had to. That has to be a it has to be a question of why make the move to demote to demote him. And I, 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 think he gave like a non-answer. He just said, "Hey, we're going in another direction." Um, I don't know. Maybe Shadir doesn't like, like Sean Lewis. I, but I don't think Dion would do that. I don't know. I don't know. That that's a that's a weird that's a weird move. There. That's the most perplexing yeah. move Dion has made so far. Um, Jay. Next order of business. We have some surprise bowlers already this year. Um and let's start it off with one that I know you've had your eye on for, for a while now, Texas State.
1: Yep. Uh GJ Kenny, first year in the program, brings Texas State their first bull in program history with a big win over Georgia Southern. Uh Sunbelt West teams really haven't fared well against Sunbelt East Teams this year. Mm-hmm. And uh I think that's a, a pretty good win for Texas State. Uh Obviously, I don't know if you saw the video, but they jump in the river to celebrate be- getting yes, eligibility I saw there. that.
0: That was pretty cool. Uh,
1: really cool. Pretty awesome scene down there. Uh, and they can, uh, you know, they can build on that from here. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm obviously like I know some people in that program, so really happy for them. Uh, excited to see what the Bobcats do going forward.
0: Yeah, that's huge for that program. I mean, they have a beautiful new stadium, which is nice. Um yeah, it's um you know, hey, good for the Bobcats. Good for the Bobcats, good for Texas State. Really like that program. Hey, maybe again they made that head coaching switch. Um was that last year?
1: Yeah, so it was uh Jake all uh right. fired at the end of last year. JJ Kenny brought in from Incarnate Word. Uh and it, it's an immediate turnaround. Uh <laughs> and uh the the best part about this too is TJ Finley, who I think a lot of people,
0: yeah, just counted out as like,
1: having a pretty pretty good year down there in San Marvellous.
0: You know, good for him. Good for him. Just uh, stay off the Vespa or the moped. Whatever he was on. <laughs> um, uh, next one, Jerry. K- the fight in Jerry kills New Mexico State seven and three. Possible chance at the Cusa title game.
1: Yeah. So. Uh, they have a really good chance because I think Jacksonville State isn't ineligible to play in it, uh, which sucks, right? But they play Jacksonville State. These two teams haven't played each other. So, I mean, mm-hmm. theoretically, New Mexico State could end up beating them anyway. Uh, but New Mexico State, if they get a win against Western Kentucky here, uh, I think it locks them in to the Conference USA Championship.
0: You know what? I mean, that's you know, good for them. Good for them. I still don't know how they lost to U. Uh, still don't know how they lost to UMass, but uh, you know, hey, good for them. Good for the Ags. Um Moving on to the ACC, uh, Jeff Halfley. Uh, I don't know Boston College.
1: Yeah, I have no idea how they got the bowl eligibility, but they did. Uh, <laughs> I thought this team was was done, done uh, yeah. after the loss to Northern Illinois. They barely escape Holy Cross, uh, and then all of a sudden, they rattle off five straight wins, and yep. they're bowl eligible. Uh, hats off to that program for not giving up. Uh, I mean, not much else to say there. That's it's yeah. it's surprising.
0: Yeah, very very surprising. And
1: theoretically, it's not Theor- going to happen, but theoretically, uh, they can win out. And win the bull game and have ten
0: wins. <laughs> oh my god! Um, and listen, Can you imagine, have, and they have. Oh, I'm gonna be a big fan next week of theirs. Um, oh no, not two weeks. Uh, so they have Virginia Tech. They have Virginia Tech, Pittsburgh, Miami. I mean, those games are winnable. Um. I don't know, man. Like, look, look at some of these wins. (laughs) Like, okay, you beat Syracuse, but then UConn, Army, Virginia, who's not good. Georgia Tech, who Georgia Tech, by the way, they have five wins right now. Like,
1: and they're four and two in conference.
0: Can I just say, I don't want to say it because I don't want to be. I don't want to be the the going after other conferences. The ACC is bad. It's not good. Like, I understand. Big Ten team, Big Ten, very top heavy. But, like, you got some tiers in them. You have a middle tier that's like, you have a bunch of mediocre in the middle there. Like, the ACC, it's like, it's just bad all around. It's not a good conference. And what makes me even happier about that, Jay, that it being a bad conference, Pittsburgh's at the bottom of it. You're at the Pittsburgh is at the bottom of the bad conference. Couldn't happen to a better place. Anyway, moving on. NC State, I think, is a little surprising being a bull. I thought they were going to go through a full on rebuild um, and they are rebuilding, uh, you know, absence of Devin Leary him being hurt last year. I think they, they lost some key guys on the defense, but like NC state being bowl eligible. I think that's huge. I think it's also a testament to a Dave Dorian who, again, I don't think, and I listen, I talk to NC state people. They are are sick of him there. They're like, we're, we're, we're mediocre. We're average. Um, And I'm like, listen, I I think you guys are a decent football program. That's has respect. Um, You know, don't, don't try and go too close to the sun cuz you're going to get burned um but now it's i don't know i think uh nc state's doing pr- pretty well this year yeah uh
1: and look those two wins to get the bowl eligibility they beat Clemson and miami in back-to-back weeks
0: so that's huge yeah those yeah. again those are good wins those are good wins and again they they're going to have wake force who they should beat virginia tech who they should beat and then you got north carolina you know NC state end of the year with eight wins. Yeah. Eight and four. Again, that's a, that's a decent year for NC state. You know that. And that's a testament of the consistency of Dave Dorian. Um,
1: Uh, Rutgers.
0: We talked about them already. Listen, Rutgers is their.
1: It's peak Shiano man football right now.
0: Yeah. It's listen, they're an average football team. And if you're Rutgers and you have an average football team, then by God, that's a good, that's a good thing. Um, so Rutgers, we talked about them already last week, but you know, good for the Scarlet Knights, good for the Big Ten. Uh, hey UNLV, I, Jay, I think were you kind of on the UNLV chain a little early?
1: I was. Uh, I've been kind of tooting their horn a little bit, uh, and they've had a good year. Uh, two losses. One is Michigan. No shame in that at all. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other loss is to Fresno State by one score, so that's a uh, yeah. It's a pretty pretty dang good year for Barry Odom and UNLV, uh, and that, it it felt like a program that was a sleeping giant that you expect to you know pop off at some point. And uh, due to seven two year, you know, you still have Wyoming and Air Force, two very very tough games, yeah. uh, but you have a pretty damn good shot. At ten wins this year,
0: yeah. And again, that's that's a. I think UNLV man, that's what they need. I would still love their stadium at Sam Boyd, but you know, you're getting eight nine wins if you're UNLV. That's huge, especially for a program that you know hasn't really been that good over the years. Um, and then I think that's really it. SEC is pretty much par to me. Um, I don't know, Jay. Do you think there's anyone that that's bowl eligible right now or close to bowl eligibility that that really stands out to you?
1: Ah, uh, not really. I mean, maybe Auburn in their first year under Hugh Freeze. I don't know that I expected them to be five and four, uh, needing only one win to get to bowl eligibility. But every, everything feels pretty par for the course there. South Carolina, I think, took a bigger step back than I expected.
0: <sighs> you know what? I'm I'm a little glad you said something about South Carolina. I think I'm, I think I'm out on Shane Beamer. I mean, I get it. I think I'm out. I, I wanted it to work so bad. And the, and the like he's, he's becoming a little unlikable. Yeah. And I don't know. I think I'm out. I think I'm out. Are you still in?
1: Uh, I don't think he's going to be successful in South Carolina. I'll put it that way.
0: Mm. I I really hoped we we all did. It, I've, it's the Tyra Banks video. We were all rooting for you. <laughs> like we were all. How dare you? Like we were all rooting for you. Um, yeah, I'm on i I'm on a beamer. Um, Jay, FCS minute time.
1: All right, I'm going to try to make this quick. Week 10, Dakota marker. Number 10, North Dakota State loses to South Dakota State 33-16. South Dakota State still the number one team in the country. No surprise there. Uh, Montana, huge win at home against number seven, Sacramento State. Number three, Montana Grizz. Uh, They look very good in the Big Sky Conference. Number two, Furman at number 13, Chattanooga. Uh, Furman needed a late touchdown. A minute 44 left in the fourth to win that game. Number 12, South Dakota at number 11, Southern Illinois. A 14-7 win. Great defensive battle for South Dakota. Uh, UT Martin. uh, This wasn't one of the games that we talked about last week going into it, but they had a wild overtime uh, catch. It was kind of a tip drill type deal. Uh, You need to go look that up if you get a chance. UT Martin beating Tennessee Tech in overtime. Week 11. Number 12, North Dakota at number six, South Dakota. So that's not the States. I don't know what this one is called. I don't know what the rivalry between North Dakota and South Dakota is versus North Dakota State and South Dakota State, Uh, but both of these teams are ranked and very good. Uh, Number 15, Southern Illinois at number 13, North Dakota State, another big game in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. And then finally. The game that I will be attending in Week 11 is an FCS game. Southern Utah at Stephen F. Austin. Nasty Knack, Nacogdoches, Texas. I will be there in town to watch that one. And that is the FCS Minute presented by Sponsor Name
0: Here. Uh, North Dakota versus South Dakota. I don't know if they still play for this. this... No, I think they still do. The Sitting Bull Trophy. That can be okay. That can't look good.
1: Mm, nope.
0: Nope. It can't look good. I mean, there. there's
1: probably a way that you could do it. I mean, it would not be, but I don't the, trust the, either the, of these the, places the, the, to do the,
0: that. I'm expecting the worst here. I'm looking it up. Ooh. Oh, is it a bull? Um, hang on. Mm. I think it's like a, I think it's like a, Bull.
1: So they took the literal
0: interpretation. I, th- I think so, but I, I, I don't have. I, I it's just all still pictures. It's no one like. No one has it. Can we come on Wikipedia? Give me a hmm. Sitting Bull. Let's say like? South Dakota. Because
1: obviously Sitting Bull is a uh, oh, famous yeah. Native American.
0: That's, yes. Um. Oh, nope, that's the bison.
1: Yeah, because nope. it's hard to get past because South Dakota State and North Dakota State have had so much more uh, attention than their in-state
0: rivals. <laughs> yeah, I think it's an actual bull. Okay, that's what I'm finding. Okay, I'm I'm okay with this. We're back in. We're back in. We're back in on the trophy. I, we're gonna have to see like what the trophy looks like because I can't find anything on.
1: We may have to like look that up. Uh, we, we, I mean, even more reason to tune into that game to see.
0: Yeah, yeah, tuning that game to see, um, is the is the trophy offensive? We're hoping no, we are hoping no, uh, <laughs> but we're not putting it past anybody now. Um, all right, let's take a look at week eleven. Yo, this old this is a, a great this is a great weekend in college football. Absolutely great. I can't wait to watch the games on Saturday night when I get back. Um, from the game we'll be talking about very, very soon. But uh, it all starts tonight, guys. Michigan Mac Trophy, Central Michigan versus Western Michigan. Um, It is in Kalamazoo. Um, I like chips here. I like chips.
1: Yeah, uh, I like the chips as well. Uh, But, I mean, this is one of those fun rivalries, right? Like the Michigan Mac three-way trophies. I think we need more of those in college football. Mm -hmm. Yeah. like, obviously, you have the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy. Uh, Michigan Mac Trophy is great, too. Bronze Stalk Trophy, Ball State at Northern Illinois. Uh, man, Ball State has been really disappointing this year. Coach New, I think, was on the hot seat going into this year. I don't know if he's going to be sticking around. Uh, I like Northern Illinois in this one.
0: I'm switching my uh, pick for Michigan Mac. I like Western Michigan. They're a three-point favorite. I feel like they shouldn't be. I like Western Michigan. Give me Bron- uh, Bron- Broncos, right? No,
1: Broncos, right? Or
0: oh, Mustangs? Broncos.
1: Western Michigan's Broncos, yeah.
0: Broncos, right? Yeah, Broncos. Broncos yeah. minus three. I'm very embarrassed of myself that I had to ask. But yeah, Broncos. My, I like Broncos minus three. Um, three. Let's go to Friday. Wyoming at UNLV. Listen, if you're a college football fan, you need to watch this. This is a great game. Also, UNLV four-point favorites in this one. Give me Rebels. I'm on slot machines, baby, all night long. <laughs> Rebels minus four, and,
1: and this is a this is a late night kick. This is going to be 10:45 your time.
0: Yeah, I have an early morning, so this one might have to go on the DVR. <laughs> this is a D, this there is a DVR. Uh, and why do you that. have
1: an why do you have an early morning, Jake?
0: Because. Jay, I will be in that tailgate lot at seven o'clock AM Michigan versus Penn state coming to happy Valley, a stripe out, which I'm not a huge fan of the stripe out thing. However, um, I think that place is going to be jacked. I think last year it was pretty jacked for the Ohio state game. I think it's going to be even bigger for, for this Michigan game. Um, Last year, everybody expected Penn state to lose. Uh, Penn state was not there. Um, even this year, Michigan is better probably on paper against Penn State everywhere besides corner. I think corner's the only place Penn State has an edge on Michigan, maybe on the defensive line. That line right now, Michigan is a four and a half point favorite. I think that's very fair. I think that's right down the middle. Everything tells me to, if I was not a Penn State fan, I would take Michigan. If I was not a Penn State fan, I would take Michigan. I'm not betting on this game. Um, however, we have seen crazier things in college football than 11th ranked, you know, 9-1 and Penn State beating undefeated Michigan. This is the best team Michigan has had maybe all time. To- I'm going to be honest, maybe all time. This I believe Michigan is the best team in the country. Um, they're better on paper everywhere, um, except for corner. But I think Penn State has a shot. I think the big thing here for Penn State, they got to get a turnover. They got to get a turnover in a crucial point in this game, and their offense has to move the ball. I'm not saying score every drive. I'm saying flip field position and, you know, score sparingly. Um, the over under is 44 and I like the under. So if, if I'm going to bet anything in this game, I'm betting the under,
1: uh, I'm an adopted Penn state fan. Now, uh, Penn state money line.
0: There we go. Love it. Welcome to the party. Also, if they, you know, listen, I I like this, Jay, I lose, I lose money with Texas A&M. You know, I hope you don't lose money with the Nittany Lions, but I, I like, I like it. Also, we've, just letting you know, we
1: we've invested in each other's programs at this point. I know we
0: have, we have, and I I like it. It's it's the Colts. The Colts are merging. Um, speaking of Colts merging, uh, I sat next to some Georgia fans, uh, talked to them for a little bit, talked to a couple of Bama fans, and they're the both of them were like, "Oh yeah, we always root for Penn State." We're like, "Really?" They're like, "Oh yeah," like, "Oh we 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 always root for Penn State." We're like, "Oh, we'll be big Penn State fans next week too." Uh, Maybe I, I think it's good. the
1: big. Where everybody hates Ohio State and Michigan so much,
0: yeah, that it's that a it's lot easier like,
1: to, to get in on Penn State. I
0: guess Penn State again, uh, you know, I, I maybe a little bit more likable. Um, I know the things that happened in the past, very not good. I thought that Penn, people would hate Penn State for life, and there are those people, but I think a lot of other people are like, "Hey, like it's not these people's fault. Like let's root for them." So that's that's nice to hear. Um, let's head to the Big Twelve. Kansas a three and a half point favorite over Texas Tech Texas Tech band is disappointing they are just very disappointing this year um is are we gonna get uh uh bean or is Daniels back
1: I think it's still gonna be old string bean uh but uh either way I, I like Kansas in this one
0: I like your yeah I like Jayhawks too I like Jayhawks at home um yeah, Texas Tech has really been um they've been disappointing this year. Um wow, look at this next line, Jay. Look at this next one, man. Uh Florida State 14 and a half point favorite over Miami. Uh, it's a rivalry game. So like, I feel like my, Miami's coming to play, but that's big. I'm not betting on this one. I'm staying away. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's a big line for a rivalry game. Stay away from it. I I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, Mm -hmm. Pac-12, styles, matchups, make fights. Utah, Mm -hmm. Washington. Uh, Washington is a nine-point favorite. How do you feel about this one, Jake?
0: I like Washington. I really do. I think their offense is going to grind down Utah. I don't like Utah's offense. Um, I think Washington, after that USC game, is going to have some difficult conversations in the film room. It's going to be like, Hey, we won, but we gave up 42 points. We can't do that. So I like Washington Their Washington's defense to get right. I like Washington to cover this one. I really do.
1: I think so too. Just cause I mean, still without cameraizing, like it's, it's just the Utah offense. Uh, they found success against USC because USC doesn't play defense, but, Other than that, that offense has just not been good. Uh, Tennessee is a a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Mizzou. How do we feel about this one?
0: So when you have a crushing loss like that, like Mizzou had, you either come back and punch somebody in the mouth or you're like, we were so close, and you let it linger. Um, Shout out to the cranberries. I was just, oh, you beat me by two seconds. I hate that I like Tennessee here. I hate, I hate that. I like Tennessee here as a road favorite. I, at a principle, I'm not betting on it, but I, if I'm telling you, I, I would bet Tennessee.
1: Yeah, I'd probably take Tennessee in this one too. Uh, Oklahoma state only a two point favorite on the road at UCF after the big win over Oklahoma. Uh this does feel kind of like a come down game, doesn't
0: it? I like UCF. This yeah. is a come this is a this is Oklahoma's been play, or Oklahoma State's been playing really well. They just won the biggest their biggest game in a very in a like again they they've had some good wins, but that that one meant something to that program, to that community, to to the Pokes fans. I think UCF wins here. Um listen, Gus Malzahn's going to have those guys ready to go. I like uh Golden Knights. Yeah
1: and uh you know what else i like jake good old-fashioned rock fights yeah i think that's what we have next
0: and we had one last week that we didn't talk about the lowest over one under at wrigley field at wrigley field and it went under it went under it was uh i think it was 27 and i think it was 29 or 30 some well now we got Rutgers and iowa over under set at 29 take it under under baby T- under twenty nine. Listen, Iowa being a one-point favorite scares me too. That oh, scares I love that me so much. Penn State, I need Iowa to win here. Iowa, I need you. By oh, by three thirty, it might not even matter. But um, you know, Iowa uh, it, that looks too close. But I, I want to say Iowa. I want to say Iowa wins, and I want to take the under twenty nine. But Rutgers has improved big time. Rutgers has improved. Yeah, you taking the under, Jack?
1: I don't know, man. I oh, I'm hammering the under. But uh, honestly, that if that Rutgers <laughs> beats Iowa, it's not the worst thing in the world because then Rutgers looks like a quality win uh, the next week.
0: It it does, and I would like a night. I would like Rutgers to like be, you know, uh, a little overjoyed over back to back wins you know, for Penn state, especially if, if Penn state lets this one slip through their fingers. Um, But no, I take under 29. It's sitting there. Take yeah. it. It's so disgusting. Uh, we talked
1: about it already it's a little bit, but uh, Ole, Ole Miss at Georgia, uh, Georgia is a 10 and a half point favorite. I like Ole Miss to cover that. Honestly.
0: Dogs. They, they were, they were sweating last week and they're going to go after Ole Miss. Ole Miss is lucky to get out of AM alive. Dogs. Roll in Athens between the hedges.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then finally, West Virginia at Oklahoma. Oklahoma is a 13 point favorite. Uh, West Virginia just kind of destroyed BYU. I mean, it wasn't that was close. a huge line. And uh, by Did the way, the, well, West Virginia is another bowl eligible team.
0: Yes. Uh, they, they were picked are. to finish
1: last in the Big 12 by a lot of people. I mean, that 14 has kind of been their calling card this year. Uh, They're four and two in conference. Pretty good, pretty good conference record there. And they have a shot uh, to get a really big win at Oklahoma on the road. I mean, I, I could see Oklahoma getting a little bit caught up with a loss and and dwelling on that last bedlam and then letting West Virginia hang around. Uh, But I don't think West Virginia is going to be able to pull off the upset.
0: No, I, um, Sadly, um, I think Oklahoma wins this game. I think Oklahoma is going to come out very motivated to beat up on West Virginia, West Virginia's coming off a big win. Listen, uh, Mylon Pushker stadium was awesome. I saw some videos from it and it, it was good to see that stadium back up for a game that was not pit. Um, and listen, uh, I don't know if Neil Brown's going to save his job or not. It's going to come down to these last couple games and maybe even the bowl game. But I do unfortunately think Oklahoma wins this one big. I think West Virginia hangs around. I think Oklahoma though gets late touchdown to cover this spread. I do like the Sooners, unfortunately, but I will be rooting for the Mountaineers. You can can, uh, bet your bottom dollar. I'll be rooting for the Mountaineers for this one. Um, And then lastly – USC at Oregon, Ore- No wait. That's not a. That's not that line's not correct. Is it really?
1: Fifteen. It. It is fifteen points for Oregon. Uh and you know what? I'm taking Oregon.
0: I'm taking yeah. Oregon cover. They're gonna. They're gonna crush them.
1: I think they're USC
0: folds them. here. Or, or. <laughs> Is it the coach just got fired, so the defense is going to. No, no, I think it's. I think it's. Yeah, I think it's the opposite. This team's folding. Folding. Yeah, this Um, this team's folding hard. Oregon. Oregon wins big on Pac-12 after dark. Absolutely love it. Um, Jay, is that everything? Yes, it is.
1: That is everything. Uh, We went a little long today. Sorry about that, but we had a lot to talk about.
0: It was. And you know what? Things we needed to talk about. You know, we needed to talk about your trip to North Car- uh, sorry, North Carolina, North Texas, you, my trip to Tuscaloosa, which was amazing. Um, we had a huge slate of college football last week. We have a big one coming up this week. We have a lot to talk about, or we had a lot to talk about. And want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening in to this a little bit longer episode than usual. Um, Jay, anything to leave our guests?
1: Uh, I, again, will be at SFA this weekend. Jake will be at uh, Penn State for a big conference matchup. So uh, stay tuned for, for for posts from probably places that won't have much signal. Uh, but we'll get stuff out to you when we can. Uh, thanks, as always, for joining us. Rate, like, subscribe. Do all the things that help us grow the audience. Uh, share with a friend. Uh, and thanks again for listening. Thank you all. Have a good week.